Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a very good friend, filmmaker, musician, Joey Litback. What's going on, buddy? How are you? You know, just working hard. You know, like you said earlier, it's all about putting out content. So um, just, uh, I'm just in my editing, uh, editing suite every day, just, just, uh, just working. What about you? That's amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, it's always important to be hustling, always important to be working, uh, especially Ooh. with that, uh, the field that we're in. <laughs> it's important to have that kind of mindset, that attitude. Um, but same thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just hustling, always um, trying to find a way um, to make content, uh, to be creative, uh, to tell a story. Mm. I'm sure you can relate on that. Uh, you know, just this weekend, um, I had some time, so I wanted, I had some like, uh, footage left over from a shoot I did uh, for my clothing line um, from a collaboration like a behind the scenes and uh, I just used the time to like uh, piece it together you know um, stay cool. creative you have a clothing stay, line stay in the flow yeah I have a clothing line it's called the 94 collection I'm actually wearing wow. a crew neck uh, with one of my sayings keep the dream alive were you born in 1994 I was yes yeah, and, that's awesome. uh, nice. yeah and my hero is Quentin Tarantino so mm. Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah, 94 is uh, his year Paul Fiction, Paul Fiction, yeah. right? That's the year that that uh, made him who he was, um, put him on the map. So it all, it's very sentimental to me. It all kind mm-hmm. of like works in conjunction, right? Um, but yeah, man, uh, so glad, to, so great to have you on the podcast. It's been such a long time since we last kind of connected yeah. in person. Pre-pandemic. And so, yeah, exactly. Pre-pandemic, literally right before the pandemic, probably yeah. just a few months before, we were at the Toronto International Film Festival for the premiere of Honey Boy for Shia LaBeouf. And mm-hmm. it was a wild event. Uh, just quickly, like, what were your thoughts on that event? Did you have a good time? We, we didn't really uh, discuss after. I, yeah, I had a great time. I, um, I accidentally bought seats in the wrong section. So when I showed <laughs> oh, up, no. there, were no, there were no seats for us. And they were, the people bringing us to the seats were very upset with me. And, uh, but I, I convinced them to let us sit in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for it sure. Was, it was, <laughs> It was an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting film. It's an interesting, uh, you know, meditation on like, on fame and self and, and uh, you know, generational trauma. And yeah, definitely. So it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more controversy around it now than there, there was when we saw the film. Oh, really? But, I, um, I haven't heard much. Just in terms of Shia LaBeouf's, like, uh, you know, personal, oh, yeah. personal life. But uh, I think the film and, and, the director of the film did an amazing job with what you know the material and and what they were trying to do yeah kind of what exactly yeah yeah the um when i watched it with my buddy like the we both agreed the film kind of did exactly what it intended it, it was intended for more so than i think the audience really for shia labeouf himself it was therapeutic it brought closure um yeah. to really have a window into like who is this kid like where he came from uh, and they did it in such an artistic um kind of provoke like a unique way um mm-hmm. unconventional like the way that it was shot um and i know Shia yeah. both i remember expressed explicitly on the q a that he didn't want um a studio to be involved because he knew it would have been cookie cutter sugar-coated and you see it yeah. right it was a very it's raw such a personal uh, film yeah it was intent- guess, insanely gritty yeah mm-hmm. what's well, interesting to me is just that he you know he's been in the public uh, eye for his whole life and you know even you know, even though I'm a lot younger than he is, like I, I grew up watching even Stevens and, and, right. and a lot, of, a lot of his stuff. And like, um, yeah, I guess it's just, it's just interesting to follow someone's career for like your whole life and then, and see how it evolves and changes and like how they, uh, you know, even critique themselves or portray themselves, like looking back. Well, that's very interesting. interesting. That you, that's very interesting that you said that because um, I resonate with what you're saying. Exactly. That's part of the reason why I do these podcasts and mm. why I keep a lot of the content that I'm not really too proud of on my YouTube channel, like from years ago, you know, how you always look mm-hmm. back and say, oh, like, you know, the film, like short films you've made and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah short films as well. Right. Uh, but I keep it on purpose because I'm always have that wish, that desire that one day, like if things uh, as things progress, as things become more successful, I want like someone like us, you know, our age or even younger to look through the, the first video um, and say, wow, like, yeah. look at that um, progression. Like it's possible. You know what I mean? When I don't did want you to make your see... first film. How old were you? Oh yeah. Probably like I was 20. 
uh 21 um and it was by myself your first short you were 21 like I was first yeah I I wouldn't even know it's more of experimental like I don't even think it was a proper short like it was just uh, music kind of told the story uh it was about Mm -hmm. a guy that finds like he ruins his shoes and then he finds better ones behind a dumpster Mm -hmm. uh kind of like a magical moment yeah was it inspired Uh, by that Spike Jones music video uh, no, probably how they get there, you know, <laughs> maybe indirectly. Like I, I, I saw it and I said, Hey, uh, yeah. you know, maybe I should make that, but I definitely got to check that out now that you've mentioned it. No, mm-hmm. it was really, uh, I watched uh, star Trek, uh, beyond nice. and, uh, that what was that song that was playing. Uh, I can't remember the beastie boys. Yeah. Yeah. Sabotage. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Sabotage. yeah sabotage. So I, it, no joke. It was actually uh, inspired by that song. Wow. Um, it's a great, and, I mean, the beastie boys are one of their, they're some of my favorite artists. Yeah, no, it was a great song and it got me all riled up. It was perfect too because it was the summertime. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to, I shot it. It was like June 2009, album. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when it came out. I, I'm pretty sure. Might have been oh, old. no, was this it, is. Was no, it 08? This, this is the third. Oh, Beyond. One. Is that the one? That's the one with um, with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? No, no, that's the second That's the second Remember? one. This is the one where oh, uh, Idris Elba, I think. I think he was oh, the okay. villain. Yeah, in the makeup. But I that was 2016. Yeah, years ago. Okay. But uh, yeah, anyway, getting back to like, you know, uh, clearly, uh, evidently on this podcast, we share a mutual passion uh, and career in filmmaking. Um, And I always want to know from my guests, uh, especially from you, uh, how did you get involved with filmmaking and uh, why did you pursue this art form? Um, It's a great question. I think about it a lot. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I like, um, when I was like a really little kid, I always loved like visual media and, and visual art and uh I would just I wanted my dream as a kid was to be an actor and I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live like I loved um Jim Carrey was one of my biggest influences ever and um as I watched more films and my like through my interest in acting I started to turn my interest I guess behind the camera and I became really interested in the directors you know the directors portraying you know I it was specifically Jim Carrey when I was a kid, but, uh, you know, watching, I think the Truman show at such a young age was like, it totally blew my mind. Yeah. The way that that, the way that the Truman show experiments with storytelling through the editing and through like the camera work, like all the secret cameras around, um, have you, have you seen the Truman show? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 94, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 1994 um, that, that was film was least but yeah uh, amazing concept and premise uh yeah i think it even developed a, a, a kind of like a syndrome like some people believe that they're being watched or they're, they're oh, in some yeah, sort of totally. like alternate reality it, yeah. and it, it predicted that like the create like the reality tv wave you know that, that hadn't yeah. even arrived yet it, it just uh that's true it, like i watched it i watched the movie a couple weeks ago and like it feels even more relevant now than it did back then and it yeah. uses like you know i loved how um when I was around, I saw it, I think when I was like 10 or 11, and I had also just seen um, Pawakatsi. Okay. Um, and uh, to see uh, Truman Show use like the main score from a different film, like an iconic score from, from a really like significant film for the Truman Show to use that for its own film taught me that, you know, like you're not, you're not so, you're not confined um, necessarily by uh, original material you know you can recontextualize um things that you love from from other artists and other films and other uh, you know any any other kind of art form and really like uh make something new or, or original out of it that's your own that's something i really loved about the truman show yeah so it kind of kick-started uh your passion for the art form and you kind of started to oh sorry so uh to answer your yeah, question yeah go ahead yeah I, I i struggled a lot um socially uh like uh with my with my peers i um i had a really hard time connecting with people when i was younger um but the way that i was able to connect with people i found was through film um and so uh yeah i kind of just i kind of just dove head first into film and i it was for like from like uh 12 to 14 it was really all I did was watch movies I would go home during my lunch period and I would like you know I I remember uh, being in grade nine and being like all right I can if I go home now I can watch an hour and a half of Barry Lyndon and I'll go back to school and finish it when I get home yeah yeah um yeah so I just um just watched so many films and then I was able to create I, I was able to like 
um, have really meaningful relationships with my teachers. And um, because, you know, my, the, the other kids didn't know what I was talking about most of the time. Like in grade eight, I went for Halloween as Steve Buscemi from Fargo. Oh, amazing. Uh, like, like in grade eight and like no one knew what my costume was. It was devastating. <laughs> no but, but that yeah happens, film is just right? the way yeah. yeah i mean film's always been the way that i connect with people and still to this day it's just um i think i think it's a really uh powerful um tool to create empathy between people to learn about you know like film is the is the it's the easiest way to travel anywhere you know it's a, it's a time film is a time machine and and film is is a vehicle to anywhere around the world yeah no, for yeah. sure. And, I, and I, re I relate to a lot of the things you're saying, like you and I just hearing more of our conversation are very much alike. Uh, as a kid, um, I was known to be extremely reserved. I still am. Mm. I regard myself as introverted, but a little bit more extroverted now because of my mm. uh, career and what it requires of us to do. But at the same time, yeah. like I was very shy and very to myself, but movies was my only way to kind of access um, another world, right? Like that escapism. Um, really yeah. like you said to kind of feel uh things that you haven't felt before like a sense of empowerment yeah. right uh, if you're watching a hero story uh, story um or projecting yourself in a character shoes um and it's funny me saying this like because i don't know how far uh, your mind goes with um you know looking at uh, different films but for example like i remember when i was 16 right um you know high school was a little bit of an awkward period for me i still had my friends but i never really felt i belonged and mm just felt like an outsider, but to give you, you some context, I'm in, yeah, I was from Toronto. Well, technically Vaughn. Um, oh, really? So like I was in Vaughn also. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. What's what there you go. Did, See you? did you go to? Uh, St. Elizabeth and Thornhill. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was at, I was at Westmount. Westmount. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We always used to talk. About we were right. I think oh, we had we some right kids come to St. Elizabeth. Yeah, no. Cause there were some kids or at the promenade we were intersect. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention this where basically like, I watched this movie called Jumper. I don't know if you watched it, Hayden Christensen. Jumper <laughs> came out in, it, it, does he go to Egypt in one scene? Yeah, like yeah, he goes to Egypt. He teleports. I saw that movie. I was on a, I was on a trip in uh, Florida with my family and we went to see that movie at the, um, it was like the, the Universal Studios movie theater. Oh, that's amazing. I, I saw it there. I'll never, that was like a huge the movie, you know, I, that movie was a huge experience for me because I, like, I had just gotten into film so much and like, I was at Universal Studios and so yeah, I'd love to hear your your story. Yeah, no, for sure. And and basically, uh, what I was gonna say about Jumper is that, um, about watching films it has Dakota Fanning, right? No, I don't think it was Dakota Fanning. It was uh, oh, no, you think it of Push? I think it, oh, uh, that was oh, Chris Evans. Oh. It had the girl uh, from uh, the OC uh summer oh, right her name was summer yes. in the oc but i don't know her real name um yeah i remember but, yeah. What I'm, but what i'm saying is that like that film kind of uh just made me feel uh like i resonated with the character like he was kind of an outsider a loner but he had he had then he could uh, acquire this uh inherited this ability to teleport anywhere he wanted mm -hmm. and again it's that escapism but it's a bit projecting yourself in in uh the character and that's what movies do do for us right um yeah. for anyone that's maybe introverted reserved uh, maybe doesn't see the world the same way we can kind of look at these movies as a learning lesson right um kind of like a textbook situation of like what would happen um obviously not ver like exactly <laughs> right because you it maybe learn fantasy. what not to do <laughs> and learn what not to do no joke seriously like yeah. it, it, at the end of the movie right like sometimes it, it just teaches you a whole bunch of lessons and that's what people like a true moviegoer right like someone that really appreciates film will understand is that you gotta you know, understand that there's a fantasy element, a fantastical element, but at the core, there's something the, uh, the filmmaker is trying to tell you, right? Like whether it's a relationship, whether it's a career, um, a life-changing move, um, you just have to break yeah. it down. And I'm so glad that we resonate on that level because uh, it's so true. Like that's what filmmaking has done for a lot of people, a lot of uh, creatives uh, struggling to make sense of the world, struggling to connect with others. Um, they yeah. really could never, they would always struggle to connect with. It's interesting you say, um, that you were an introvert because like um you know we we do connect on in that level but um in the in the same you know we may you know we both struggled with the with um uh yeah with like what is it so with social uh, norms and stuff but um i was such an extrovert 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I didn't right. know how to talk to people. I just, I loved what I loved and it's all I wanted to talk about, but no one else wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess see that I maybe came a little more introverted from that. Honestly, but... man, like now that you just clarified that, um, maybe I don't even know what the proper definition was because that's something that I kind of, I think I chose to become more recluse because I, I didn't know I was feared, fear of judgment eventually because you would absolutely, you know what I mean? Like you would, you would want to talk so much because you're right. Yeah. Actually, like when I reflect back and that's why I say introvert extrovert, because there are introvert tendencies where it's like, I like my own time. I don't like to be out all the time. Like I like to reflect and collect my thoughts. Like I'm a yeah. homebody, whatever. I mean, going uh, to the movies on your own is an amazing thing to go to the yeah, you know what's, theater by you know yourself. I yeah. And you know, what's crazy about that is that growing up, I never really thought that was a thing. Like, you know, would you yeah. be weird? Would you look weird? And I've done that recently in the, in the, in the, the last couple of years. Yeah. For the first time, seriously, because yeah. like, I've always had an opportunity, whether a girlfriend or a, a friend, whatever, I always thought you needed to, you should go with someone, right. To share the experience. And then I watched like the King and like, um, I think it was the Irishman, like at the TIFF yeah. light box and, or when I was working the TIFF Bell, uh, Toronto International Film Festival, I would just sneak into... Were like, you a volunteer or did you... Yeah, I volunteer, yeah. Nice. So I would get a voucher and I would go in. But you're right, like completely immersed, uh, no distractions whatsoever. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about if the what the person next person to you. Is enjoy- is yeah, exactly, right? You just enjoy yeah. it. And, uh, you know, speaking of movie theaters, like it's the one time, like I love going to movie theaters. I really hope they don't become obsolete. I know there was a scare yeah. with the whole pandemic, but you don't look at your phone. You just completely uh, get entranced by by what's happening uh, on the screen, um, and it becomes like it's magical, right? Like you just uh, it's your whole world for an hour and a half to three hours. <laughs> a good one that is, long. right? A good one yeah. because when it's yeah. when it's bad, it's bad. My mind starts thinking about like, okay, I got to do the laundry. I got to you know do this yeah. when I get home. <laughs> got to do that. <laughs> but uh, so that's great, man. I'm glad we connect on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know, as a filmmaker uh, like myself, uh, what are your how's your experience been so far in the industry? Um, well, I guess, uh, in terms of the industry, I've never, um, I've never been someone who wants to like so much be a part of the film industry. Um, I thought about going to film school for most of my life. And then, um, I did, I ended up not going to film school. I, I went to U of T for sociology and history. I thought, uh, I thought, you know, I've been, I've been like spending my whole childhood learning about film. Maybe I should learn about something else before I like go into filmmaking. Expand the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really glad I did. Um, I don't, okay, I, good. when I was, when I was doing my undergrad, I sometimes would wonder, you know, what, what if I went to film school, should I have gone to film school? But, um, and I took a I took a break from filmmaking while I was in my undergrad because U of T is pretty academic. Oh yeah, pretty intense. highly intense. So, yeah, yeah. But then you know, I, in my fourth year, I I thought, what makes me happy? What do I want to do? And the only thing I could think about was filmmaking. Um, and so, just at, at a super super independent level, I I got back into filmmaking. I made um, I made a movie about my friends and I uh, finishing university and and moving on to the next chapter of our lives and. That was the first in um, a trilogy that I uh, just I just finished a few months ago. It's been a, a two year trilogy. Amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. What was the what was the question again? I, no, uh, like how, how your experience has been in the industry so far. Oh, like, yeah. So I any just challenges any highlights. Um, I mean, my I guess like as a kid, my one of my dad's best friends is a, a special effects guy. He did the special effects on the Hulk and on Scott Pilgrim and like a, a ton of Toronto productions. And I was really oh, your father. I, your father was a my dad's. Involved. My dad's. My dad's uh, best. One of his best friends. Oh wow! Was is like a special effects guy. So he would. Oh, take me on yeah. set as a kid, okay. and it was so cool. He, I like one time he gave me like these smoke bombs, like just to take home that you could throw on the ground, and like I, I you know, use them in some short films. I've, I've been um, making shorts since I was like eleven. That's years amazing. Old, so yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think. I mean, if I if I found my way into the industry uh independently i would be so happy but i don't think i have really any interest in working my way like up in the industry i don't um i guess first and foremost like i want you know i i want to make the films that i want to make in the ways that i want to make them and um 
you know, I, I'm happy to do that in how, you know, whatever, whatever way that I can. And I, I don't, I haven't felt that the industry, uh, you know, makes uh, the kind of thing that I uh, am interested in yet. Maybe one, maybe once they see my work, maybe it'll open up the industry a little bit to some, you know, but um, so yeah, you have more of happy. an interest telling your own stories kind of thing as opposed to absolutely joining like a I union, working yeah. your way up. Yeah, I got you. Same, same thing, man. We're on the same. It's amazing. Like, this is what I mean by like that. And this is why the purpose of this podcast is to connect with like minded individuals like you and I have a very similar path. I went to university, uh, Ryerson uh, for marketing. Um, that's something wow. I thought I really wanted to do. That helps with design. film though. That does help with film. Yeah. I'll have to yeah. admit that's helped. With I wanted to go company. into marketing. I'm a big fan of Mad Men. So yes. Yeah. And that's why probably <laughs> I went right. Uh, that yeah. that's insane. I love it. Um, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately my heart was always with film, right. Uh, kind of like with yourself and I still used that knowledge, right. Um, those skills that I acquired, but at the same time, like filmmaking is my primary goal, my mission. Mm -hmm. That's what gives me. Uh, joy in life and around fourth year yeah that's around the time when i told you i made my first film called graffiti alley <laughs> and yeah, uh it was, it was a fun time yeah thank you i appreciate it yeah and um yeah congratulations to yourself as well like uh, the fact that you had the tenacity the courage to uh yeah. pursue pursue this art form like because it's not as you know easy uh yeah. in any sense. i honestly i don't know what else i would do yeah i mean i'm, I'm also Same. a teacher but, uh, okay, nice. <laughs> and I love that, but, but, um, film, film is like, yeah, film is my whole life. No, for, film, film is what makes me complete, uh, makes us complete, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, the, like we can't, I can't live without it. Like, and that's what I mean by, and we were talking about before is with filmmaking, it's not just that we consume it, we watch it. Mm -hmm. There are even moments, experiences in our life that we want to translate to the screen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's what separates the moviegoer from the filmmaker. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I kind of realized is because I, I was always concerned. I don't know if you had the same thing, Joey, where it's like, am I, do I really want to be a filmmaker or is it just, I love movies so much. You know what I mean? Like what's the def defining line. And that's mm -hmm. when I started realizing, no, like I'm writing scripts on my spare time. Yeah. Like I've written already four feature length screenplays that are passion wow. projects I want to direct. Yeah. So I'm saying to myself, like, there's clearly that, uh, you know, incentive. There's clearly that passion, mm -hmm. that spark that needs to be uh, ignited and you uh, recognize, right? You can't just kind of tell myself, I love movies, you know? It's like, no, I yeah. love making movies. There's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So um, really glad we share, we share uh, yeah. similarities on that note. Um, so what have, what films have you made uh, so far and uh, which ones are you most proud of? Oh man, I've made, I, um, so when I was, when I was 12, I went to this, or since I was 10 years old, I've been going to this arts camp called Centauri Summer Arts okay. Camp. Um, and they have a, they had a, they had a film program that I did for like, like seven years or something like that. And then I was also on staff there and worked in the film programs when I got older. Um, so we made a ton of shorts there. Um, and uh, I think, you know, you, you said that, you said that you were worried, you know, or you wondered, you know, am I a filmmaker or someone who like who loves to watch movies? I think I was too young when I started to really like. Um, I think I was I was in I was at an age where it, it seemed like they went together. I was just watching all these films from from like when I I really got into um, David Lynch at that age and the Coen Brothers, uh, Spike Jones, Charlie Kaufman, like Charlie Kaufman as a, is most influential screenwriter for me um, oh, 100% just, yeah so, <laughs> I could see that yeah yeah he, uh, he I loved learning that he breaks all the rules but I you know you also have to learn the rules to be able to break them and he that's that's why I think Charlie Kaufman is so gifted and that's like his his style of meta meta filmmaking and meta storytelling is something that I really strive for in like everything I do um uh yeah so I, I get lost sometimes. No, so. no, for sure. I was just going to say, like, touching on Charlie Kaufman, like, because um, I remember his films, like, being being John Malkovich. Um, you know what well, I mean? Adapt like, adaptation especially is one of the biggest influences on me. I like That was to, a great one. To write yourself into your own script, you know, yeah. to be given, to be asked to adapt a book and then write a script about how you're struggling to adapt the book, like, <laughs> and to write, to, to write yourself a, a fake twin, you know, it's just... It's just, uh, yeah, 
it just opened so many doors for me cre like creatively in my mind like it just expanded what i realized you're allowed to do in filmmaking yeah the possibilities really i think that's the same effect uh, for me like my charlie kaufman was quentin tarantino like mm -hmm. i really uh i was too young to really watch pulp fiction when it came out and kill bill mm -hmm. like i was a kid i was eight years old yeah. and uh but what i'm saying is when jangle unchained came out that was and, and glorious bastards i was starting to become a teenager an adolescent yeah. and that's when i started understanding maturing uh learning more about the art form and i i can't describe the feeling it's just it was it took me over but mm -hmm. going to watch jangle and jane in the theater that was my first tarantino movie Back I, saw, to what I you remember were seeing that. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that at the Varsity. Yeah, a Varsity. Were you the, Varsity? Uh, the like the like the Bay Blur Cinema? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, nice. the Manual Life Center. Yeah, what I'm saying is like you great, watch yeah. that, and because leading up to that, right, I, I was obviously familiar with films, but <laughs> then I see that, and I'm talking about breaking the rules. <laughs> For me, that was yeah. like wild. Like it just pulls you in, like with the music playing right at the opening credits, and you just saw a filmmaker in control. And I think I fell in love with it more because I'm saying like, this is, this isn't like a committee. This isn't a studio. This mm -hmm. isn't a group of people or like some sort of adaptation. This is one guy from start yeah. to finish, like a vision. And that's, that, that, that started my infatuation with the whole man, like his career. So you, do you want to be an auteur? Is that? Yeah. Something that like, Hey, that, that, uh, no, that is something that I, I definitely strive for every day, you know, being a writer, director, being someone that mm -hmm. when you look at my films, it's like, <clears throat> it's a brand like Calderon 94 productions. Like that's mm -hmm. like, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Like I fell in love with the idea that when the movies came out, uh, it was like, if you think about it, you're like, yo, I'm watching Tarantino's next movie. Oh, what's it called? It's not, <laughs> I'm watching this movie. Oh, by the way, who's the director? Like it's yeah. a brand. You know well, there was mean? a time, you know, like, in in the golden age when people would go to this the theater to see the director's film right you know? i mean yeah. it's real i think it's really like like in the last 40 50 years become an actor's like a uh, you know, yeah, the actor an is actor's the draw. vehicle yeah for sure no used, it, you know like you used to go see the new demilf uh film or the the uh hitchcock film or you know but but uh i i i mean uh, like i guess that like the class of 94 like those you know those filmmakers that blew up at sundance are a very lucky generation i i i wonder if we'll have the same like opportunities that their generation did uh, yeah coming into the in the the industry because that was like no, that right. was a crazy time um yep. like i guess the yeah that the rebirth of the independent film movement well Tarantino, I, i'm really hoping the 2020s bring about another independent film movement well, that's what I'm hoping too, Joey, because Tarantino even acknowledges how lucky he is because around the time that he came up, um, it's all timing, right? In cinema, yeah. the, uh, the filmmaking kind of industry was becoming redundant. Like the stories were just kind of yeah. lacking any originality. And then you come out with Pulp Fiction and it just blows mm -hmm. everybody out of the water. Like that indie, retro, like edgy kind of filmmaking, right? Like breaks the rules, yeah. doesn't have the polished, you know, $100 million budget. And that's and what I'm that hoping for. And that opened the door because... for like P.T. Anderson and, and like... And you know oh yeah people. yeah there was because i think there was the studios had trust in the independent filmmaker from that from from that yeah gus van Sant. yeah well it brought back the whole gus, yeah. it, it was never the peak like the 70s but it kind of was yeah. a, it was a similar no easy time. rider yeah no easy rider no no the movies <laughs> in the 70s holy shit um tarantino yeah. himself even said like that was the peak of cinema and you you have you have to understand what he's saying like you yeah. you could pull in american cinema american cinema that is yeah for sure yeah um, but I really do believe that's going to happen. Um, like with anything, like the pendulum well, I hope we're a part ways. of it. And well, that yeah, that I, I yeah. believe we we will be a part of it because if you look at our age, right? Uh, we're in our twenties. Are you in your twenties? <laughs> I'm twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, okay. So you're in twenty. So I'm older than you. I'm twenty seven. Yeah. So we're at that. We're in our prime, as they would say, right? Um, and if you look at a lot of the heroes that we're discussing, right? Mm -hmm. Tarantino. He made Pulp Fiction when he was thirty one, and with this whole like he superhero. Thirty one. I thought he was younger. He was thirty one. 30 31 yeah man oh my i gosh. think with I got, uh, I got lots of time then you got lots of time man don't, don't my goal my up. goal is since i was a kid is to make a my first feature by 26 that's yeah, always so, been that's always been my goal so hey you you you, you definitely have more I, I can't say 26 but mine's 30 <laughs> like yeah. my hero Terrence. Uh, mm -hmm. but uh honestly you know what's crazy is that when i tell that to people they remind me that that was actually, and he even said it too, like that was young. That was rare. That's an anomaly, yeah. like that he blew up at that fast, right? Um, a lot of filmmakers blow up around like their 40s. Look at Denis Villeneuve, mm -hmm. right? Like the guy's, yeah. I think, in his 50s now, right? So, yeah. Or he's like, yeah, um, he's, he's uh, 50, he's 54, I think. 
I but just now he's I met him in October. Oh yeah, he's really nice. nice. Yeah, nice. Good for you. He hosted this Lawrence of Arabia screening. I think my buddy. I, yeah. Do you know Eric Tom J by any chance? Uh, no, but I'm sure. No, I'll, I'm I think sure he was I'll there. Yeah. Him. Sure, you crossed paths yeah. with him, but uh, that's great, man. Well. You know, although we're pursuing a very similar path in filmmaking, um, one thing that kind of struck me, especially on your Instagram, is that you also uh, identify your as a musician, right? Yeah. So I want to know, like, how did you get involved in the music industry? And uh, why did you become a musician along with being a filmmaker? How did this happen? Um, I've just, um, you know, as much as film has always been, um, you know, so present in my life and like, um, uh, film was one of the main ways I also connected with my family. Um, my uh, mom and dad would like always show me and my younger brothers stuff that they grew up watching and my grandpa I would watch um, movies with my grandparents all the time that they loved growing up like uh, I remember watching like uh, a lot of Mel Brooks stuff with my grandparents and and um, my dad is he's been going to like um, TIFF Midnight Madness since he was like uh, since he was in his 20s and he's a big film guy too but um, my parents were also really into music like uh and we would drive around uh, the city a lot and my dad would always have like new albums playing uh like I remember being like a, a little kid and like Kid A had just come out and my dad is blasting Kid A in the car and I'm I'm like a, a little kid like I can't imagine what hearing that kind of music at such a young age like to normalize those sounds at a young age really right. um it, yeah just I mean yeah I mean I just Aside from film, like music is is one of my biggest passions. Um, I uh, taught myself to play guitar in second year because I, I really like when I strayed from film in my undergrad. I I guess I um, was pulled toward music, uh, and I I want I, I mean Bob Dylan's one of my favorite musicians, and I love the Velvet Underground and uh, David Byrne. Like Talking Heads are a big influence, and David Byrne like does a lot of he mixes film and music a lot, too. But uh, yeah, I just in second year I taught myself guitar and I wanted I wanted to try being like a folk folk musician type thing and um, I I just I love music. I also music is one of my favorite subjects uh, for a film to tackle. Uh, like Spinal Tap is a, is a huge influence too. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I just and I think as a filmmaker, like so many of my of my favorite directors have just such a like deep knowledge of of music and like how it interacts with their filmmaking like i'm so i like when i was a kid and i would write screenplays i would always be i would always listen to classical music yeah. while i would write and like like picture how i would shoot it how i would edit it and how i would add like the music all in my head before i would even start um but yeah i just i i just uh i just think it goes music goes hand in hand with with film you know as a as film as an art form that like combines so many different art forms. Um, the way that music, uh, you know, works with film is just like, it's, I think it's one of the most beautiful parts of filmmaking is what music can do for, for your film. So like, yeah, I, well, filmmaking, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just like gonna I, say I, um, filming. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You... <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna interject and say exactly on your point. Like the, the reason why I ask you about this whole uh, musician venture, uh, is because music goes hand in hand, right? Music works in concert with film because filmmaking yeah. encapsulates uh, a lot of mediums, right? Photography, visual, um, poetry, uh, you know, music itself. And yeah. the fact that you're able to, like, there's one thing for me, I, I'm the same way as you, right? Like I use music to not mm -hmm. only tell the stories, but be inspired to tell us, conceive the stories. But you take it one step further that you actually have knowledge. You actually can read and yeah. understand music. So like, I, that, I don't know if I can read past. music, but uh, oh, okay. I do my best. But you play it, right? You I try. It? I I play guitar. Yeah, I, I um I can play guitar, and I mm -hmm. I can do a little keyboarding. Okay. But um, one of my best friends. I'm so lucky that that one of my best friends, uh, Keshav um, Sharma Jaitley, he goes by Pre professionally. He's um one of the most talented producers I've ever met in my life. Oh wow. Okay. And um, so I have when I'm making like um when I I just finished my uh, first feature actually, um. And we just submitted it to TIFF last week. Oh, wow. But, um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I worked really closely with um, my friend on the score. Like I had all the songs in my head musically. I could hear them. And so we would sit in the studio and I would like sing. I would sing to him like what I wanted him to do. I'd be like, I would, like, 
I would have to I would have to just like express as best I could what I wanted from him and like find different references for the production like um you know I'd show him some like a, a, a John Bryan piece from Punch Drunk Love or I'd show him like a Johnny Greenwood score from um like the master and I'd be like can you like uh, combine the sounds of these two tracks and then like use these notes and and like uh so but he's such a genius he can do anything I asked him to do he can he can just do like to you know like to the next level so uh it's amazing I hope that I hope he gets recognized for his score because it's it's incredible like yeah that's my, a, that's like the amazing. film wouldn't be anything without his score well, yeah, as we know as filmmakers, right? Music is, is so yeah. important. Sound, I should say, is the second most important thing behind Yeah, story. well, sound, I'm, <laughs> I, sp I spent like months and months on the sound design. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's amazing. Well, so uh, quickly, just, I guess, go over this. So you, how long were you working on this feature? Like, how did you get funding? Oh, it's completely independent. I mean, oh, okay. um, uh, it's, a, it's a no budget film that uh, I've been working on for two years. It's the last part of the trilogy I was telling you about. Um, but it's a feature length, I, like it's an hour and a it's half? It's two hours and 25 minutes. Oh my God, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's ambitious. Because yeah, it's I've fully never... original score. Um, amazing. And then there's all this public domain classical music. Good for um, you, man. Yeah, it's, That's amazing. It, we, shot yeah. It, we shot it kind of secretly all around, um, all around Toronto. And, uh, but you, you, yeah, made, I, you made a feature like, yeah. and you went through that, yeah yeah i it's like yeah like just finished it like so recently i just finished the like um i i had three big editing phases so like i um i was i kind of like uh, sh uh shut myself out to the world i was like living in my apartment by myself and i would wake up at like nine and i would uh be editing until like 10 p.m and then i'd export it and i'd watch what i did that day and take notes and i'd wake up the next day and and uh do it all over again for like a month and i i got pretty far into it and then and then uh you know sometimes mental health can be difficult and you just got to take oh yeah 100%. so <laughs> yeah. yeah i was so just I gonna to say big, like video, yeah yeah i mean to to completely dedicate yourself to like editing it takes a toll on you after a while <laughs> no it does man and, and i'm yeah. so happy you brought that up because that's something that i haven't been experiencing and that's something i i always uh <laughs> discuss on this podcast about mental health um you know how important it is uh how it should be taken seriously like as an editor as people in the creative field mm -hmm. uh it kind of forces you, you edit all your own films as well yeah i edit everything myself yeah. right um and i do that actually for a living now like uh through my business i got uh, a client in los angeles so That's i provide awesome. them with yeah i provide them with editing content video producing thank you and um mm -hmm. but my point is <laughs> i'm in this room you see right here uh, if you're watching youtube and uh you know i look at these four walls and i said you know once in a while it's good to go out it's good to talk to people mm -hmm. um but i've been smart about it and uh i, well, I created this outlet this podcast so i can mm -hmm. just have a conversation with someone like yourself right and say hey yeah. you know i'm not alone like i got uh people that are in the same boat uh what are they up to what's what's going on in their world what can i learn from them so i was very uh strategic that way during the pandemic um, mm -hmm. while everyone was kind of, I tried to make lemons out of le lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, in any which way I could. Um, I mean, I learned so, so much from the yeah. first, like each wave of editing, I learned so much. Like that first time I, I realized like I couldn't shut myself out like that again. You know, yeah. I, I, I had to, uh, I had to be more social and like get out of the house a little bit. And then yes and and the, the third wave yeah. that I just, yeah. Yeah, it's a balance because the only reason I say it's a balance is because it's like you're probably you strike me as someone with a strong work ethic, right? So it's like I know yeah. you probably wanted to complete it. You can move on mm -hmm. other projects. You also wanted to. Get and I was doing my master's at the same time. That's insane! Oh my god, this guy's crazy. <laughs> this guy, I love it. It I was it. it was a, I I barely slept for like two years. Holy shit! Good for you, man. Wow. <laughs> See, everyone has a different story. That's what I love about this, yeah. right? Um, but you made it—you made it your own, and that's what's—that's what's important. That's what um, I find admirable about yourself. Uh, no excuses, you know what I mean? Like you edited a film and you did your master's. Most people, and I know you yeah. know this, would say, "I can't edit my film. I have to do my master's." <laughs> so, amazing. The film was man. a little more important in my mind, which I don't know. <laughs> yeah, which you know isn't how everyone would think about it. <laughs> no, I'm. 
I, I know exactly what you mean. I worked corporate jobs where I was like, my mind was in film. I was editing on my lunch break. I brought my laptop sometimes if it was downtime, like obviously you're not supposed to do that. Like Mm -hmm. it it got, uh, that's why I'm happy. I work in remote. You know what I mean? I also manage my own hours now with my work, but yeah, film was always uh, at the forefront. Number one priority. Uh, Even when you have your parents or people (laughs) telling you that's not how it's supposed to be. You got to focus. You got to, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." But that that's that's the 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 origins of stepping stones of of someone that's uh, keen on you know realizing their dream, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's sure. so important. Yeah, but I'm I'm definitely uh, looking forward to hearing the feedback uh, with regards to TIFF, like what they have to say. I'm yeah. sure you're gonna do well. Thank you. Um, when can we see Thank this you. film, by the way? Well, uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, I, just, I I mean, the dream is to have it premiere um, at Midnight Madness at TIFF. I mean, that's all. Yeah. I've, Midnight Madness has been my favorite um program like since i was a kid i've been going with my dad and uh yeah i guess that's what i've always been working toward if it's not you know if this film doesn't make it to midnight madness then maybe the next one will but uh yeah i guess uh i'd love that's your mission yeah Yeah. i'd love for it to premiere at a festival though so for the first time for and and because of how toronto centric the film is it would be it would be pretty incredible if it could premiere in the city um and I guess, like worst case scenario, I could rent out the review and uh, screen it there. Oh yeah, 100%. or even I could rent out a room at the Lightbox. Even I admire, yeah, like I I, I admire that you you have a mission yeah. like Midnight Madness. But don't just word of advice, because uh, I used to be like that. Don't make it your be all end all. Because my my dream too oh, is no. to have a film premiere. To, to, no, I'm saying like your film. You asked what the dream was. You know, who knows what? Yeah, that's happen, true. But that's that's the dream. That's true. Yeah, that's the yeah. dream. Yeah, for sure. No, what I'm saying is that like. Uh, it's amazing how life works, right? Like maybe Tiff will, yeah. let's say, not that they will, but let's say they do deny it. Uh, your film might get uh, recognized somewhere else and then Tiff will be yeah. like, hey, like, can we have it at our festival <laughs> instead? Who knows? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so definitely um, definitely uh, looking forward to that, uh, that feedback and uh, yeah, keep up the yeah. optimism. Um, yeah. So just uh, on the note of uh, as filmmakers, touching back to marketing, how important it is, how essential it is to our industry, um, you know, mm-hmm. our careers. Uh, I notice you are an avid user of social media. You know, uh, you have like a unique style of content, mm-hmm. uh, what you post. It's not just clips of your films or stills, uh, really just a range of uh, different kind of mediums. Like, you know, you'll have uh, cartoon uh, renderings of yourself and like uh, expressions of your work. Uh, you'll have co- uh, music cover, uh, album covers. Um, so I want to know like the content, your account uh, that relates to pop culture and visual art, mm-hmm. music album covers. How has social media benefited uh, your career in filmmaking and music? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so I, I have my personal account, but I'm also the social media manager for Corn Puff Records. Right. So um, I wanted, are, I you asking, are you asking about, about my personal account or about uh, uh, my, but, Honestly, about both. I forgot to mention Corn Puff Records, but kind of just give us a brief uh, idea of like what Corn Puff Records is and what you, you do for them and how it's benefited you, uh, your kind of knowledge, your expertise in this field. Uh, so I was really lucky to be hired as the social media manager for this um, one of Toronto's new uh, independent record labels called Corn Puff Records. Um, it was founded by Joe Alexander and Rachel Schwarz, and I had worked with Joe Alexander before, and uh, I was brought on as the social media manager early in, and they signed Corn Puff or uh, Corn Puffians, um, uh, a band that I was previously in to the label, and. Um, it was it was an amazing experience. I I didn't really understand social media so well before, so it was there was a big learning curve. Um, maybe that's you know why I have that approach, you know that a different approach because uh, I I don't really understand the traditional ways of social media promotion. But um, I like to think that like I don't post clips and stuff because I feel that like the whole um, the the entirety of of um, something you create speaks for itself. So when I'm creating trailers or promotional stuff, I like to um, use original like material or create something new that wasn't in the original thing that it's promoting. Um, I think I, for me, I think that's always more interesting and, and like raises more questions um, about like, about, uh, you know, whatever is promoting or, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and through through the process of social media, I also um, like was able to uh, work on, um, I don't know if you've heard about my uh, philosophy of the post cover. No, I haven't. Uh, what is that exactly? 
so the um as a musician in uh, especially when i was with corn puffians um corn puffians uh was the world's first post cover band um we were a born ruffians cover band and uh essentially the post cover is just taking um original works of art you know something that you didn't create yourself and using that influence that inspiration and that original artwork to create something new something original um in a different context um that you know speaks to to your art and uh you know they always i always heard my whole life uh, great artists or a uh, what is it um good artists borrow great artists steal uh i guess the post cover is just an extension of that you know it's it's a uh, you know don't just steal, make it your own afterwards. Yeah, it, it's true. Like, don't, it, this is the whole concept that we're kind of doing through my work is NFTs. Mm -hmm. The idea that there's okay. different variations of an original piece of artwork. Um, yeah. Kind of encouraging. So that's why, like, mm. yeah. Art, no, I'm just encouraging artists uh, to see um, the possibilities, right? Of yeah. what, what you, of creation. For sure. So, Corn Puffians was a huge, you know, experiment in, um, in, making art of all all kinds you know corn puffians wasn't just about music it was about visual art it was about written it was about uh the written word it was about social media it was about you know it was i, I tried to tackle everything um and that's kind of why uh that's kind of why the social media is is filled with so many different mediums and and uh and expressions because um because corn puffians the scope the scope of the of the artwork is so uh was so big you know what yeah. I, what i was trying to do yeah i got the impression it was your business that you started yourself but you're saying you're you're represented by them like Corn puff records yeah yeah so it's it's um joe alexander and rachel schwarz are the founders okay um i have a record label called post cover recordings which okay. uh, is my own um i mean i have a stake in the in the business yeah um, i was just i just looked at the but, site uh, and they represent yeah. you right you're, yes. you're part of corn puffians yeah part of i'm nice. on the yeah part of the corn front puffians. <laughs> wearing my favorite yeah. color blue <laughs> yeah you got it yeah i love it man yeah well that's that's exciting um i always loved an artist that's uh, versatile like the fact that you're not just in one um mm. kind of avenue like you you branch off right um and you yeah. tackle all these different uh passions that you have and you clearly seem to be excelling in them so uh, more Thank kudos you. to you right um that's amazing um so before we go <laughs> Um, I just want to know, like, what kind of value do you desire to bring to your audience as like a filmmaker, as a musician, as Joey Litvak? What's your legacy? The, what I want to do um, with everything I do as a filmmaker, as a musician, as an artist, as, uh, you know, as, as I guess, yeah, as myself, um, I just hope to inspire people to make their own art and you know whatever medium they want um with um my feature film that uh, i just submitted to tiff i guess what i really hope for that to do is show uh, a wide you know as wide an audience as we can find that it's not difficult to make a film if if um if that's what you want to do that you you know you you can really just pick up a camera and make something with your friends and uh you know, you don't need a, you don't need the industry behind you. You don't need, a, you know, a ton of um, financial backing. If you have, like, um, I can show you. Um, yeah, for I've sure. Been, I've been mm -hmm. shooting the majority of my films on this camera since I was twelve. You know, it's not, it's not like uh, a four K camera or anything. It's not, but it's, you know, it's. I got this like handy wow, cam. that's amazing. JV, this JVC. Old school. Love it. Yeah, and so the majority of my films were sh were shot on this. Even my um, upcoming feature was shot on this camera. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just I just hope that um, artists out there just can. I hope to create representation for um, independent artists who mm -hmm. maybe feel like like uh, there's not there isn't room for them. Uh, I just hope to I just hope to inspire more. Um, voices especially toronto artists yeah so. for sure no honestly man like the, the, i love this conversation because we 
you and I, uh, you know, remember we've met once in person, <laughs> we, we've stayed connected, I guess, through social media, but it's, it's amazing to have these conversations to, to realize how similar you, you can be right. Uh, to someone, yeah, completely. um, not only your career, your passion, but, uh, just kind of your, your values, uh, your intentions as an artist. Um, that's exactly what I was discussing with you before the podcast, right? It's like, you know, I know I don't got the Joe Rogan setup, uh, neon lights behind me and like a thousand dollar microphone. I got but- the lights for you. <laughs> yeah, you got the lights right. There you go. I always tell my guests to step it up. You know, the host yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, that's the point, right? Is to watch watch things, uh, watch the, the these uh, creator con- uh, creator pieces of content, and realize that you know it's possible. Like if it, it, the inspiration, right? If you want to start a podcast, you know, grab grab yourself a mic. Um, I used headphones when I first started. Get on Zoom. And interview someone like it's not that hard use the recording the mp3 footage and put it uploaded to anchor right yeah. um and it's for free and the same thing with you right like you can buy yourself a cheap camera as long as you have a story to tell you have that ambition mm-hmm. that passion like tarantino says you can't help but tell a great story like i remember that to the day i die like it, it resonated with me so much and that's kind of something i use um to kind of push myself in in days where it's like oh i don't have that red camera or you know what i mean yeah. or i don't have that yeah. budget uh, to For make sure. it a two hour film. It's like, no, it's like, you can get, you can get to that as long as you have the story, yeah. as long as you have the will. And that's why, for example, like I didn't have the money to hire a DP, um, a cinematographer. So I learned the reins cause I wanted to yeah. be a writer director. So I said, no, it's like, why don't you just shoot it that's yourself? Awesome. You know? So exactly. all the films that you see, I shot, I shoot myself and so far so good. I've been getting good reception. Yeah. And, and you, you um, only learn, you know, you only learn more from doing that. Yeah. There's you no, only learn by no doing for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you got to um, learn from the mistakes, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess, like, jumping off of what you said, um, mm-hmm. like, my, what I love about, what I think makes, I, I'm not someone who um, is so interested in uh, storytelling, right. like, uh, straightforward storytelling. Um, I, I've never uh, really believed that um, uh, it matters what a film is about, uh what really matters to me is how a film goes about telling whatever story it's trying to tell um you know whether that's in you know in a linear fashion or out of order or you know through dream sequences or montage or avant-garde uh experimental expression um i think a film is as good as uh you know it presents itself to be so you can you can have the best story um, but if you don't know how to express it or, or show it properly, then, you know, um, that's it. So you could yeah. have, you could have no story, but if you know how to, if you, if, if what you're showing, uh, you know, resonates with people or, or um, if you're expressing something, you know, not necessarily like a story with, with characters and a plot, but if you're expressing ideas or themes, you know, things that people can relate to. I think that's the most important thing in filmmaking. Yeah, well said, well said. And on that, on that note, um, there's really nothing, nothing else to, to, to say. Um, that's kind of like what every filmmaker, what every artist, what every creative should strive for. It's telling the best mm-hmm. story they can possible with the means that they have and um, not feeling pressured or uh, the need to compare um, with your fellow artists. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So thank you so much, Joey Liftback, for coming thank on the you. podcast. Learned so much from you. Very inspired by your story. And I wish you all the luck uh, with this Thank new you. feature film. Submit it to Tiff. Yeah, keep an eye out for I Am Corn Puffian's ghost camera. Yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. definitely uh, keep an eye Hope out for to that. see you soon. Yeah, for sure. And Good uh, luck with def- you and, and all, your, uh, all the, your festivals. Yeah, for sure. And I'm uh, definitely looking forward to connecting again, possible collaboration, uh, and we'll see how it goes. All right? Awesome. Have a great all day. Right. Take care. You as well. Yeah. Bye.